Well, the atmosphere here in Paris is absolutely suffused with the yellow vest movement. So when I first arrived at my hotel here, there was coverage of the yellow vest protests on the TV. You got into my hotel room, uh, turned on the TV, checked all the channels, and it was a wash uh, across all of the channels. And it's very much the, the topic of the hour here in Paris. It's, of course, uh, it's strange in some respects because uh, the city uh, carries on, people carry on with their lives and uh, businesses remain open and people are shopping for Christmas. And yet uh, there's very much a palpable underlying tension uh, throughout the city, which became most apparent on the Saturday morning, which was, of course, the, uh, the day of the, the big demonstrations. Now, the first thing I noticed uh, heading out from my hotel room to, to head to the demonstrations is just the colossal uh, mobilisation of police throughout Paris. It's difficult to describe to our listeners quite uh, how many police there were mobilised throughout the city. I had great difficulty actually getting to the left bloc demonstration, which is the uh, assembly of various different left-wing groups that were gathering outside the Saint-Lazare uh, underground station. Uh, in my efforts to get there from the hotel, I was met with uh, a series of police roadblocks, uh, major thoroughfares and streets all blockaded by police. There were some 40 metro stations closed and a host of museums closed for the day. I was actually managed to get on the, the metro train, but then uh, all passengers were taken off the train. I then had to walk uh, about six uh, stations. So an extraordinary mobilisation by the police, which really uh, effectively shut down uh, large parts of the centre of the city. And when I arrived at uh, this left block uh, demonstration, I, I discovered that even uh, local Parisians uh, had great difficulty getting to the demonstration. So huge level of repression uh, in terms of locking down the city. And uh, I saw one uh, local gentleman who was stopped at a police blockade remonstrating very passionately with the police saying that this is military occupation that I could more or less gather from the French he was speaking this is a form of military occupation and indeed that is very much uh, that is very much how it felt on, on the streets of Paris uh, on Saturday. You mentioned there that you participated in the, the left block and I, I guess uh, I'd like to get you to sort of extrapolate a bit more on you know the atmosphere of the actual demonstration but first I guess you know can you describe uh, you know the, the sort of the political dynamic that you you witnessed I mean there has been some concern raised uh, by uh, I guess outside commentators and we discussed it last week on the show of Marine about the, uh, the I guess the nature of the politics of the Yellow Jackets maybe being somewhat ambiguous and maybe not as defined as uh, some on the left would like but can you can you give us I guess your uh, you know your first hand experience of of the political dynamics and, and what you witnessed there? Well, just to answer the first part of your question in relation to the Front National, which has been rebranded uh, the National Rally, Marine Le Pen's uh, neo-fascist organisation. Uh, indeed, as you say, the initial reports in the mainstream Western press uh, suggested that they had uh, a great deal of influence within uh, the Gilets Jaunes uh, movement. I can say, uh, speaking to a, a whole host of people and also experiencing uh, the demonstrations on Saturday that there is absolutely no indication uh, of, of a fascist presence or a fascist influence within the movement. A number of people told me that despite their efforts uh, 
in the initial uh, phase of the movement in November to gain traction and political capital from the movement. Uh, any influence the Front National uh, may have had has, has very much since receded. And indeed, uh, Le Pen has shot herself in the foot by opposing even Macron's uh, crumbs, uh, concessions that he made to the movement when he called for an increase in the minimum wage. And Le Pen has actually opposed that increase in the minimum wage. So uh, people can see through her uh, her ruse or her uh, rather transparent efforts to take advantage of this movement, knowing that she's committed to, to neoliberal uh, economics. So look, very much uh, it's true that this is, uh, I think, fair to say, an ambiguous movement and an incoherent movement. And at the left block demonstration, that's it's certainly what a number of people suggested to me. And just to explain, uh, there are or there were a whole series of assembly points and demonstrations that it wasn't simply one yellow vest protest per se. So on the Saturday morning, uh, there were perhaps three to 5,000 people from all the different left-wing groups, NPA, which is the new anti-capitalist party, uh, Solidare, which is uh, a syndicalist union federation, also the CGT, the, the uh, General Confederation of Labor. Uh, there's a number of railway workers there. There are other uh, communist and socialist groups there. Now, rather interestingly, uh, this was a separate demonstration from the main yellow vest protest, which I managed to get to with some difficulty through the police roadblocks. Uh, and it's difficult to estimate the numbers, but certainly there are at least 10,000, perhaps as many as 20,000 people on the Champs-Élysées, uh, just near the Arc de Triomphe. So that, that was the main demonstration and separate from uh, the, the left-wing demonstration. So it's fair to say that the, the Yellow Vest movement proper, if we can call it that, uh, doesn't have coherent politics and it's rejecting, very much rejecting representation, very much re rejecting leadership. And I have to say that includes uh, the trade unions, it includes the established left-wing groups. So uh, it's a very uh, inchoate, uh, very organic movement, but certainly they were ordinary people. I mean, there's no question that uh, these were thousands and thousands of ordinary working-class uh, uh, Parisians, uh, young and old, uh, black and white, some probably quite conservative, and certainly a lot of people coming from the provinces, coming from uh, outside of Paris uh, to to express their rage. I mean, I saw graffiti saying the rage of the people, the rage of the people, and that probably best sums up what this movement uh, is about. In incoherent, yes, but expressing a legitimate rage against decades of, of neoliberal uh, austerity uh, and decades of betrayal by uh, traditional working class uh, organisations. You mentioned there that there were some uh, railway workers present there, and I, I was actually watching an interview earlier this evening with a, a railway worker calling uh, for the Yellow Jackets to get behind a general strike. I, I guess, you know, while their politics are somewhat ambiguous or perhaps even incoherent, as you're saying, there. The Yellow Jackets have, you know, there's been examples, uh, Marine was saying last week, of them, uh, you know, supporting a sort of a climate change rally. And, uh, you know, we've sort of seen, you know, instances where their politics have become more clear, despite, I guess, th th them really only rallying under a, a banner of, uh, you know, calling for Macron to resign. Do, do you see, I guess, you know, putting your uh, more um, sort of your, your critical hat on, do you see much uh, convergence of movements happening there? And do, do you think that, you know, perhaps, you know, while maybe the, the traditional leftist organisations are not involved, that there are still uh, leftists very much involved within the, the broader Yellow Jacket movement and that, you know, maybe a more clearly defined politics is emerging? 
Well, despite uh, a certain degree of cautiousness on the part of left-wing activists that I, I spoke to and from what I've read, uh, the leadership of left-wing organisations, there is certainly uh, an effort to uh, to involve themselves, to immerse themselves in, in the Yellow Vest uh, movement and an effort to, uh, to, to cohere all the different elements of the movement. Just on the question of uh, trade unions, there was uh, a statement released uh, early last week by the leaders, of all, the leaders of all the major trade union federations, which actually called for negotiations with Macron uh, and pointedly did not express any, uh, didn't condemn the Yellow Vest movement, but pointedly did not express support for it at the same time. And that's, uh, I think, been very disappointing for a lot of people. Now, there was, however, an important uh, exception to this, which is Philip Martinez, who is the Secretary General of the CGT, which is the most left-wing union federation. He uh, initially signed this statement calling for negotiations with Macron, but then uh, a day or two later, actually called for CGT members to go on strike. And indeed, there was a strike on Friday. It was quite small. It was quite limited, but it involved uh, teachers, railway workers, uh, uh, oil and port workers. It was just to explain this union federation covers a whole variety of different workers. So that is one example where those traditional working class organisations, left-wing uh, uh, union groups, are trying to uh, invest themselves, if you like, in, in the yellow uh, vest movement but they've, I must say they've had limited success and just briefly on the question of, of the numbers there's um, some disputes about exactly uh, as there always is exactly how many people were there on Saturday but I must say it does seem that the numbers have uh, dwindled there were perhaps as many as 300,000 mobilised throughout France uh, on November 17th uh, 120,000 uh, last Saturday and there are estimates that it was only around 60,000 uh, on 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 this this Saturday, I would say, as I mentioned earlier, perhaps ten between ten and twenty thousand in Paris. Difficult to say, but it does seem that the movement is declining. Whether that's in response to Macron's concessions, uh, also there's a, a, a strong element of fear. Uh, the government uh, making links between the terrorist attack in Strasbourg uh, and protests. Of course, there's a huge amount of repression. Some two thousand people have been arrested the previous Saturday. And also, of course, Christmas is just around the corner. So all of those factors combined meant that the numbers were smaller. It's an open question uh, as to where the movement goes from here, if indeed it is sustainable. And certainly there's an open question over what sort of politics uh, may evolve uh, with, this, with this movement. Just, uh, I guess, you know, finally, Alex, uh, you know, someone coming from somewhere like Perth, you, you described, you know, arriving at the at the scene earlier when we when we started this. But, uh, you know, the actual the feeling, you know, regardless of dwindling numbers, regardless of the uh, perhaps incoherent politics, the feeling of being uh, amongst uh, that many people must have been quite remarkable. And certainly some of the, the vision you sent through definitely looked remarkable. And there seems to be a real a real sense of uh, militancy and, and rage uh, there on the streets of Paris. Oh, it was an absolutely astonishing experience at a personal level uh, on Saturday, and it's difficult to convey uh, quite uh, how radically different uh, this demonstration was from your typical uh, very sedate demonstration uh, in Perth. Uh, I mean, there was uh, tear gas and uh, smoke grenades and stun grenades uh, and water cannons and uh, armoured personnel carriers, which uh, thankfully weren't deployed. Uh, I was, as I said, uh, the main yellow vest protest. Um, I was there for, for some six or seven hours. Uh, 
And it was a series uh, of running battles, I guess is the, the, the rhetoric that's normally used between protesters and police, uh, volleys of, of tear gas and smoke grenades and protesters uh, forced back and then... Uh, we, re- we would recover and then approach the police lines again. There'd be another volley of, of, of stun grenades, smoke grenades, tear gas. Uh, we'd retreat and then advance. Uh, so absolutely extraordinary, but it, it, an experience that uh, allowed me to reflect on uh, the propaganda around so-called protester violence and actually uh, viscerally experiencing uh, a protest like this uh, makes one appreciate all the more the grotesque lie that is the the mainstream media depiction of this movement as violent. Uh, The violence was exclusively, exclusively uh, from the state. This is the concentrated power of the state, uh, thousands of police with uh, all the the arsenal I described. And in response to that, I mean, it's almost comical in a way, in response to that, the so-called violence of the protesters was throwing a few bits of plastic, empty beer cans. I saw one or two bricks being thrown uh, and I must say, I think that's that's perfectly legitimate because we're talking about the, the concentrated power and brutality and violence of a state that has a history of hundreds of years of colonialism uh, and slavery and foreign wars and occupations and the brutalisation of migrants uh, and working class people. And to uh, respond to that concentrated uh, power with a brick is, is of course, perfectly uh, is, is of course perfectly legitimate. But, but by and large, uh, the, the mainstream media depiction of this movement is, is a, a grotesquely a, a grotesque uh, lie. Um, it's overwhelmingly peaceful. In fact, it's joyous. Uh, brass bands playing at the, the one of the demonstrations. Uh, people having a great time and people uh, expressing. Rage, as I said before, that's really the best way of describing this movement. It may be incoherent and inchoate, but uh, it is just an expression of, of pure rage uh, by ordinary uh, by ordinary Parisians uh, against a state that they no longer see as legitimate and no longer representing their, their own interests.